This is a HeadGum Podcast. You may just be wondering what that sound was right before I just started talking this very second. It's That Episode is now a member of the HeadGum Podcasting Network run by Jake Hurwitz and Amir Blumenfeld. And I just hopped on board because, you know what, I like going where the goodness is. And they've got a lot of great podcasts. And I'm happy to be a part of it. What does that mean for you? It means nothing. It just means more episodes. Uh, Maybe there'll be some ads. Um, Don't fast forward through them because (laughs) we need that cashola. And I'm in the podcasting game to make hard, cold cash, as you probably know. Um, not true. Um, so thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't know why I'm already thanking you. I always thank you at the end. Uh, but thanks to Jake and Amir for having me on board. And uh, let's get this pony started, if that's a saying. Let's go. It's that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. With Craig Rowe. Let's talk before this. Before you okay. Oh yeah. Let's pretend we're okay. <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah, man. And uh, welcome to the garage. Um, <laughs> welcome to it's that episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. Our guest is Baron Vaughn, who I asked how he wanted to be introduced, and you said, "Let's figure it out." Yeah, let's figure it out. You know, it's it's always interesting because it's like. The pomp and circumstance of it sometimes is like, yeah, I could give you a list of credits, but it always sounds like I'm bragging. Yeah, I know what you mean. But then also, there's so much stuff that a person can be doing or be on that like no one has heard of. Like I could be on a really popular show and people are like, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's good. Like it's good to get to help helps give a context, but sometimes it's just like, I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? Right. So here's some credits. Let's list them. I'm a comedian. You're a stand-up comedian. Been doing stand-up for 16 years. That's enough as is. That's a lot. It is. Um, I am a cast member on a Netflix show called Grace and Frankie. Yes, my my I, I this is gonna sound like an insult, but it's absolutely not. Is that my mom is a big fan? Of, <laughs> yeah, she she like she brought it up b- the last two times I talked to her. But that it's not, but is it's, the number one thing that people say to me in my <laughs> from my age range. Just like my mom loves that yeah. show, but that's not an insult at all. It's just that's that's so uh it's that's just exciting. That my thing is people's moms aren't gonna come see me do stand up live right, when right, I'm in right, town, right, 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 because they're moms. You never know. My mom will if you're on the East hey, Coast. Maybe. Where do you where are you from? I'm from New York, from Westchester. Oh yeah. Well I go out there all the time. So maybe maybe if you're, at, if you're do a you know, I'll send her the info. Maybe your mom will like come into the city. Oh, he's gonna be in the city and then yeah. come, come check me out. Who knows? Bring your girlfriend. Uh, that's very East Coast, by the way, that I just called it the city. That's what everyone oh, yeah, around totally. New York City calls it. The city? I feel like it should be everywhere in the world, people call it. It's, it is the oh, city. Oh, good on. God. You've got that native New York thing going <laughs> on. Like, it's the best place in the world. That's why I left it. But it, it, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's like, it's the city. It okay. Is, okay. 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 Calm down. Anyway. You're my guest, <laughs> and I've already been insulting you. No, it's not. you're not insulting me. It's just uh, I actually am enjoying your hubris. <laughs> you have that classic New York hubris. Yeah, you're kind of sure. like, yeah, it's the best place in the world. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I work in television. Yeah, you're a television um, guy. On streaming television. Yeah. And a lot of people's moms have seen the show, but it doesn't mean they have. That's true. Right? Which is why when you asked me to do this, I was like, you know what? That does sound really fun. Yeah. Because there's so many shows that are out there. There are a ton of shows, and we're actually... So we're going to be watching a streaming show. Yeah, this is a show that 
I've been meaning to watch. Yeah, I was sort of surprised that you picked this because it's, I feel like, very under the radar. Yeah, but I'm interested in that. Yeah. I like things that are under the radar. And I, again, working in streaming television has made me interested in how it's changing the game. It's and it's definitely changed. The it's game. changed big the game, time, big but time. now I'm on the inside of it. Yeah. So I kind of get to hear. I'm privy to some information that the average person that watches Netflix doesn't know, and I'm seeing how they're strategizing. You know how they're trying to get around this and that when and what, what issues come what's out. An exa- uh, you don't need to. I mean, if there's something you can't say, that's okay. Well, but like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to share any specific details because I actually don't know that much. Yeah, sure, sure. I just hear rumors and rumors, right. and I'm watching the trades. Right. Um, and seeing like how it affects the destiny of my show, right. stuff like that. So it makes me see what Netflix's relationship is to the other streaming services. Right. Well, it's it's basically, it's such a new thing that people don't really, and, and it, like Netflix and Amazon, they're very secretive about the numbers and everything. And exactly. we don't really know. But like, that's actually part of the thing. And I, there was a good article the other day about it where unlike network television that relies on ratings because they have to sell ads. Sure. Streaming services like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, we're relying on cool factor. Right. It's mm-hmm. just, hey, there's a party going on over here. You want to come? It's only going to be a couple dollars a month, right. bro. Right, yeah. So they're selling this. We got all this good stuff over here. You want to come check it out? That's the whole MO. So their numbers don't matter. It's crazy. It's all about subscribers. Right. But in my personal opinion, Amazon has been kicking our butts when it comes to awards. You mean, uh, oh, Amazon? Because they're transparent. Transparent has just cleaned yeah. house, man. But it's it's got a lot of respect. It's got, and but I don't know. But, well, that's not true. But, but that's uh, the thing, is that Transparent, which is a show about um, a person who is transgender. Right. And comes to that conclusion or feels finally that they're in a place that they can be what they are later in life. And then all of their children... And have been affected by this already because he's been hiding it for so sure, long. Sure. So there's neglect that turns them into the worst people in the world. Right, yeah. So then he's like, I'm going to finally be who I am in front of these people who are kind of shitty because I could never be who I am. Sure. That's my take on that show. Yeah. But that's winning all of the awards. So it's making people on streaming, like people who are watching streaming and people who are developing streaming are making interesting choices. Like they're having the opportunity to kind of expand beyond what America is supposed to be about. Like yeah. they can kind of study interesting things. Yeah, I love I, I think Transparency is a great show. And it's groundbreaking. It's really groundbreaking. And this season they did sort of a multi-generational thing. They oh yeah, I haven't the, seen the second season yet. Oh yeah, it's really interesting. It's just like, well, I wasn't, ex- after watching the first season, I wasn't expecting them to show like the Holocaust. You know, like I didn't oh, expect that wow. to be like a part of it was them being pushed out of Germ- uh, Germany. I think they were in Germany. Uh, when it was going, when it was all going down, and um, yeah, yeah it's, technically anything near Germany, yeah, exactly, was Germany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was part of the problem, guys. Yeah, it was pretty. Let's, I, I'd say that whole thing was pretty effed up. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Let's to say. go out on the limb <laughs> and just, you know what? We don't want to be controversial, but we call them like we see them. And <laughs> I call them like I see them. Nazis, they were kind of shitty. They were sort of shitty. They were pretty. They, they, they were doing some shit. Now, watching this show, um, Mo- oh, sorry, I don't even think we've said it. Mozart in the Jungle. Mozart in the Jungle, yeah. And now- um, It's an Amazon streaming show. It's an original right. series. My girlfriend loved the first season. She uh-huh. told me I have to watch it. It stars um, Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah, I could not have said his name. Well, I've been following this guy's- career for a while yeah, like Itu, i Itu Mama I, I saw Itu Mama Tambien in the freaking theater bro right and 
that actually started making me follow not only him but the director of that film, um, which was uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Right, who's done? Who has who has done? Um, well, he did one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> oh right, did, of course. He did the third Harry Potter movie, um, but he did uh, Gravity. Was oh like yes, a, that's one of his yeah. last films. Um, and uh, in, in uh, Children of Men, which is actually Children of Men, is one of my favorite. It's just an incredible. That film. That was a movie that. Not often am I do I have to see a movie twice in the theater. I saw that twice in the theater. I wish I saw it twice. Now yeah. that I think about it, the more I think about it, do you know who Stephen Tobolowsky is? Yeah, of course, yeah. The guy. Yeah, he's He's the in guy. everything. Ned Ryerson. Ned, Needlenose Ned the Head. I had the opportunity to interview him. Oh, my God. And I asked a question like, what's a movie that you saw recently or that comes to mind when you are taken back to what made you want to get in movies in the first place. Yeah. Like when you go, oh my God, how'd they do that? And he was like, I'm going to cut you off, Children of Men. He's like, every time I saw that movie, he's like, it's very rare that I go, how? Yeah. How did they do this? And that movie is one of those movies. Anyway. he, killed, he I mean, that movie is, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And it not, along with being an unbelievable story, but some of the shots in that movie are like 15 minutes long. And you're like, how did, how did you possibly do Just that? good filmmaking. Yeah. That so shot, that, those, those long shots are classes. Unbelievable. You don't even have to watch the whole movie. If you saw that, you'd be like, that was all I needed. Yeah. This was a piece of art. So anyway, that director, Gael Garcia Banal, was in that. And he's been doing like interesting stuff. I've been seeing his career, like what he's done in the States. You know what he's done? Like he did that movie, um, Rosewater, that John Stewart oh, yeah, directed. Yeah, I haven't seen that. And he was playing a person who's um, Iranian. Okay. Whereas he is Latin, so it was like that's ah, kind of tricky. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just been watching him. So he's in the show, and the only other person I can think of off the top of my head is Bernadette Peters. She's in the show. She's great. And if you don't know who Why that is, she, uh, I'm not going to explain it. She's she's one of those. There are a number of people where you're like. How has this actor not been in something really recently? Or like yes. not popped recently? Because I, I feel like that's always a great thing when you're like, wow, thank God we're seeing this person again. Well, and part of what's happening with the age of streaming is that people who are really good looking and stay young are the only people to get all of the opportunities. I was just talking about that on another one of these podcasts. But that doesn't mean, because I watch British TV and they go, some of us are ugly. But yeah, we're yeah, still, yeah. you're still good. Yeah. And we, as a country, we just hate, everyone's no, got to look old the people, same. Old people and good looking. So it's like, but there are all these great, especially in New York. Oh, as so a many New Yorker, great actors. There's great actors and someone like Bernadette Peters, who's been around for ages, who's, who's, she is Broadway. Like she is definitive Broadway. You might've seen The Jerk, the Steve Martin movie, right? And that's from the seventies. So having all these streaming shows means that people like Bernadette Peters who have just kind of been overlooked for dumb industry reasons, get like on shows. And like some of the best actors that never get to work are I mean, Malcolm working. McDowell is one of the leads in the show. See, and and I like, forgot that he was in it. And you're like, holy shit. Malcolm McDowell. That's Malcolm McDowell. Let's start it. I just wanted to give that little... Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to watch So we're gonna watch the pilot episode of this. And I'll say that I've, wa- I've watched uh, uh, the se- a season and a half, and I, I enjoy this show. How so. dare you? No, so bad. let's check out the pilot of Mozart in the Jungle. Emily Wu, the first violin, she played sharp 17 times in the first movement alone. And then the horns came a bar late, which completely threw off the clarinet, and we weren't able to perceive Tchaikovsky's desired dynamic shift from bars 27 to 34. And Bruno, Bruno Cassell, the bass player. He's old. 
He can barely hold his bow. I don't know who you were torturing more. Me or him. You prick. Changes will be made. And Maestro, I hope I don't disappoint you or the values of this great institution. We just watched it. We just didn't record part of our conversation. <laughs> but basically, so the gist of the episode was that uh, Malcolm McDowell, who's the maestro, the uh, what's the, the conductor, conduct- the conductor um, at the is it the New York City at the Philharmonic? New York City Philharmonic is on the way out. He he gives his final performance, and Gael Garcia Bernal, Bernal takes over. And you were saying. At the beginning of the episode, he's this new hot conductor named Rodrigo. Only yeah, I mean, he, has, he only has one name. He's got exactly. The hair. And they showed a little, like a little weird, a weird little um, montage of his like achievements. A, a green screen, like it was. And that it that looked, I have to say, stylistically, did not really. work. It looked cheesy, and it made me think, oh, this show is not going to be good. Yeah. But then the writing and the acting drew me in. They made choices with where they went with things that I was not expecting. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. And there was some really good acting in it, I thought. Yeah, I mean, with Malcolm McDowell, Bernadette Peters, Gael Garcia Bernal, <laughs> and I can't remember her name, but she's, excuse me, Jemima Kirk's sister, which I'm sure yeah. she must hate being, uh, she would hate being called that, but that is how I know her. Yeah, I'll look her up right now. Uh, her name is Lola Kirk. Lola Kirk. Lola Kirk, who plays, I would say, the lead of the of the show. In the pilot, she becomes the clear protagonist of the show to me. She's a young, seems seemingly just out of school um, oboist who is. We find her at the beginning to be uh, That's just teaching a little kid. She's in the first scene of the whole thing, yeah, and it's her explaining something that's theoretical almost philosophical about how to play the oboe to a child who is not texting who keeps who can't stop texting who can't stop texting so it's interesting because i like watching pilots i watch pilots sometimes like people watch movies Mm -hmm. where i don't need to watch the entire show right sometimes i just want to see how you began it and that in itself like a good pilot is a really good piece of art yeah where it introduces you to an entire world and makes you go i want more like that I think they did a good job of that. I mean, this is a world where I would I know literally nothing about. I know yeah. so they could just about, make shit up. That's what we were saying. You're like they can make things up, and we would have no idea. One hundred percent. Like I've seen Amadeus. That's pretty much all. Which is actually one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's uh, unbelievable. <laughs> but that also is a period piece. Yeah, that's not. It's definitely not uh, a modern day New York. Day, like. I assume that some of these things, like there's a young world of artists, like how we would know stand-up comedians or improvisers coming up in the world, but for them, it's all around music, and we see them at a party. She's just meets a a ballet Yeah, it's interesting because it's like, look, I went to theater school, and I had a little community of people that Mm -hmm. I was close with, a lot of musicians, opera singers, stuff like that. Oh, really? Wow. And we're like 18, 19, 20, 21. But like in New York, you know, we we meet this world of like young artists and these are people who are essentially the next generation of the best ballet dancers, top of of their game, the best piano players, the best oboists, who I think is what our lead is. Right. She's this next generation, but they all just so they're in this community because they're better than everybody. They're going to the best schools in New York for music. And I also have to say I liked the mix up. 
of people at the party where there was like a bunch because people are attracted to classical music and all that stuff for so many different reasons right. and come from so many different worlds and bring all this interesting stuff to it. So it was interesting to kind of get a portrait of what that would look like where these are people who are like, you know, making puns about busy and busy. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Smoking weed from a metronome off of a metronome and then like doing like musical flute oboe challenges, a drinking game that involves them taking shot for shot and then play trying to play a piece sheet of music without messing up. Yeah. I mean, I believe, I guess I believe that that exists, but going into the show, I assume Philharmonic is just uptight sort of, you know, uptight, but that, but that's the thing. Like, these are uptight mofos. Yeah. And the thing about it, though, is that they still exist. Yes. They're existing in today's world, and they're trying to fit what they do inside it. Right, right, right. That's a- All this music from eras that predate the United States right. has a place here. And they all kind of come together, and a lot of them can make a living. Can make a living. If they're the best of the best of the if best. If you're the best of the best. Well, it, it show, in this episode, they even showed, and I, I guess this is based on a book, which I obviously haven't read. Neither and I haven't have done I. that much research. But um, one of the main, other main characters, who's, a, I believe, a celloist, she moon, like after her Philharmonic show. Cellist. A, a cellist. Cello. cello. Oh, wait, <laughs> what, that's from uh, School of Rock. School of Rock. Wow. Good. Uh, well, I'm glad I have that in my brain. But. Um, she, after playing the Philharmonic, she goes and does Oedipus Rex, which is a musical that they created Sticks. based off of Sticks. That's hilarious, by the way. And um, one of the writers of the show is named Alex Timbers, who right, I've met. Saying. He's a Broadway guy. He's a mm. true Broadway guy. He's a writer and director in New York. Oh, so he knows that. There was a musical a couple years ago on Broadway called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Oh, yeah. He wrote and directed Oh, yeah. That. I know somebody who was in that. Yeah, yeah. So... It was actually interesting seeing that little sticks joke because they're kind of lampooning. Like, uh, they're, I guess they're trying to lampoon the pomposity of the classical world, but also how like they're just a bunch of fuckers. Right, right. And then in musical theater, it's just like everything's a musical based on some band now. So I mean, they kind of made a, fun of there that. There was a Rocky musical. Like that's a real thing that exists. You're absolutely correct. That and, is true. And I'm glad that existed, but that speaks a lot to Yo, Adrian. There's no way I'm that gonna was. punch punch Adrian. There's no way that wasn't a song. Yo, <laughs> Yo Adrian yeah. was definitely a song. I actually was just telling my friend the other day, um, like I said, I went to theater school. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie called Marty. It's from 1950. Oh, I keep on Sidney Lumet. Is it Sidney? Uh, yes, yeah, it's Sidney Lumet. With Ernest Borgnine? Yeah, and... with Ernest Borgnine. Oh, I damn. still haven't seen that. He's I, one of my favorite directors, and I haven't seen this damn movie. What a, what an ass I am. I know. I keep, I, it's on my wish list, and I keep on being like, I well, need to watch it. Well, when I was in college, the guys who wrote Annie, the musical Annie, okay. wrote a musical of Marty. Wow. And it, they workshopped it at the theater that my school was in cahoots with. Like, I did plays in this theater. And John C. Riley played Marty. Wow. And it is one of the best performances I've ever seen in one of the worst musicals I've ever seen. Wow. It that was sounds like an not good, but like John C. Riley went for it. Wow. And he can sing a little bit, but he was really he's a good actor. Wait, so he oh, made wow. The role work, but the musical was just bad. That, and that was before John C. Riley was John C. Riley. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. He was already he was, John C. He Riley. was already like everyone. Yeah, this was like two thousand two or two thousand three. Okay. I'm talking. Damn, about. that sounds amazing. What a shit 
sandwich. Yeah, no, he was already like, we already knew him from movies, and we're like, oh, John C. Riley's coming, cool. Boogie Nights was already a thing. Boogie Nights was already out, yeah, all that stuff. Oh, man, that's, yeah. I think maybe even like some of those movies he did with Will Ferrell even. Oh, Step Brothers. Yeah, maybe Step Brothers like, might have like been. That was like 2003 or so. I don't know. It might have been around then, though. Yeah. It might have been in possible. theaters when he was doing this. That's so weird. That's such a weird thing. But it was horrible. That, that was sounds, the point of that story. That sounds great. So, yeah, so this sort of. Um, I don't know if. Because I've seen a bunch of these episodes. I don't think we see a lot of that Broadway world anymore, but you sort of do see the, the juxtaposition in it this. It exists, first and it's, it's interesting because it's like, in a weird way, like these are archaic institutions that. Most people hate. They hate them without ever having gone over there. It's like, what is that? Classical music in broad Broadway? People dancing in tights? Nah, because their own people just don't like that. Uh, yeah, it's on principle. Like I would not. I. I mean, I've seen many broad, a Broadway show. I don't think I would ever go to a classical show on my own. Like I wouldn't. Not that I dislike it, but I would never like go out of my way to. It's not. In your sphere, yeah, it's on my. Although I did see uh, the Philharmonic, New York Philharmonic, do um, 2001: A Space Odyssey with the movie playing. See, that's why to, they do that. I know that, and then they, they have to get the young kids in. It's like, oh, this is actually cool. What are you doing next week? Rock on and off. They would not stop calling me. I still get a call like every other <laughs> week from the Philharmonic for because real. these people are desperate for they, this they world. Need, they need. I mean. It's, it's literally everything they are. If this world collapses, so do their lives. Isn't that so crazy? That and they're actually talented people. Like, it's people who are brilliant violin players, piano players, like the best in the world. And every month, it's just sort of like, am I going to have a job? I mean, that's a crazy thing. Like, in 50 years, 100 years, will classical music be anything but in, like, car commercials or, you know, like, soundtracks for well, things? you know, I mean, most of us don't know it, you know, know now, it yeah. just because of, like, Warner Brothers and Bugs Bunny. and That's so true. Like, I mostly, yeah, most of the things that we know is from cartoons. Well, I think in the United States, we hate, we don't take this stuff seriously. Because, like, if you were, like, the best piano player ever in a different country... Rest assured, you're going to be okay. Right, right. Because that country is desperately looking for somebody to like represent them in the world, and like they, most countries kind of have a good arts endowment that is part of the enrich of the enrichment of the people. Right. We don't. We don't have that. Yeah. It's just kind of like, is it making money or not? Get out of my face. That's yes, all I yeah. want. Is Rocky the Musical working or not? Is it not? I want to make money. I don't care about all this. Oh, I know. I understand myself. Shut up. I know it is so crazy. I mean, like in other countries, if you're an artist, you're you're you can be okay not making money. But here, you're. I mean, you know, depending on the. Well, country. yeah, not having like they don't condescend to it, like, and they basically give artists an opportunity to see if it's going to work out for them, right? And here it's just kind of like, make it work around all this other impossible sink, stuff. Sink or swim immediately. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's interesting to see a show where they're trying to depict people who are so closely tied to, this is the only living they can get. Yes. Is playing in an orchestra, and you have to live in that city like a basketball team. You're moving to Portland. Sorry. <laughs> we traded you. We traded you to the Portland Philharmonic. And that you get paid because of an endowment you know that that some super rich person created. Yeah, that's a lot of this show is them going to like um, and I, big and parties and having people you know uh, donate money and the politics of it. And I'm interested to see how that's gonna. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's an interesting show. It's definitely worth. I would keep watching it if you're interested. In it. And if there were have... moments that I genuinely laughed at. Yes, there are some funny moments. It's good writing. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's uh, Mozart in the Jungle. <laughs> We've got fun and games. What are... 
We got everything you want. Jungle. Mouth's out of the jungle. Gonna bring it down to you. Malcolm McDowell's Now, are you, when you watch this, is this a, does Amazon feel like the enemy or are you? No. Um, I definitely don't know how Netflix feels about it, but it's just sort of like. I feel like they're so far away. I feel like it's not like NBC, you know, how it used to feel like NBC, CBS, ABC, like we're fighting against you. Yeah, exactly. now you can watch it. It's not 8 p.m. on Thursday night. It's, it's when you any, feel like it. Whenever the hell you want to. Whenever the hell you want to. And that's the biggest it. thing is that people are watching shows when they feel like it and they're watching all of it at once. Yeah, so there, those two things are just kind of like you don't have to wait until eight on Tuesday, and if you're not at home at eight on Tuesday, ooh, yeah. sorry, it's just like oh, all of it's here. I don't have to wait for the next week. I can watch it at noon. I have time. I'm in a cast. Broke my leg. <laughs> time to watch all the Mozart in the jungles. Why not? And that's how I. I mean, it is. Do you have cable or are you a? No, actually, I, yeah, I totally cord cutted. I cord cutted too. So I'm just like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu. Cable's got to learn. They got to learn the lesson if they're going to charge like a hundred bucks a month for. Well, and like, most of the things that are on like network television that I want to watch are on Hulu. On Hulu, and yep. I'm actually okay having the options of like if I miss like you know sometimes they take the whole season off. Right, sure. Or like we put up thirteen, but now we're going to take it all off. And now it's fourteen to twenty two, bro. Sorry, I'm okay <laughs> with those options. Like I'm yeah. like that's fine. Like if I miss something, I'm like I missed it, but like because I'm not that interested in a lot of it. Yeah, but a lot mostly. of it is good. This is the golden age of television. It might be. It might be. The I, books are being writ as yeah. we speak. I wonder. I'm. I'm interested to read the book, the Mozart in the Jungle book. Are you going to read it? No, probably not. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. I like that Jason Schwartzman comes in. I'm a big Jason Schwartzman fan. In this show, he's a, one of the producers, and I was like, that's weird that he's a producer and then he's not in it. And then you keep seeing his second season. His name comes up more and more, and he's in it. Hmm. Um, now, if you had to come up with a, I know you've only seen one episode, but a drinking game based off of Mozart in the Jungle, what what do you think? Oh, a drinking game based on Mozart in the Jungle. Um, anytime you see the wonderment of music in someone's eyes, mm-hmm. take a shot. Anytime yes. someone just can't comprehend how beautiful this music is. I feel like that's going to happen a lot. I'd say that, and I'd say anytime um, a reed is licked, that's just <laughs> <laughs> they just they just showed that so many times. It's true, a reed being lit, a licked, reed be- and I think also anytime you realize how badass Malcolm McDowell is. Hmm. Okay. I, I just like you're a big Malcolm I'm McDowell just, fan. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, uh, Clockwork Orange. I'll, he he's got a pass for anything. Got a pass for everything for you. Okay. Good are you know. not? Are you not a Malcolm McDowell? fan? I hate Clockwork. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a moderate Malcolm McDowell fan. I like Clockwork Orange. In my list of movies, it's higher on my list of movies than Malcolm McDowell is on my list of actors. Oh, okay, yeah. But that's not I to say, say that I don't like Malcolm McDowell. And you, but you do usually compare your movie lists like that one for yeah. one. Yeah, on my lists of the lists that I compare. Like using my favorite actors and my favorite movies is usually at the top of that. Yes. And at the bottom of it is like sneaker brands, uh-huh. um, you know, hoodie brands, right. uh, and then colors. What's your go-to hoodie brand? Oh, yeah. Hoodies are us. I have no idea. <laughs> I just get them 
<laughs> you just get you just get them wherever. Yeah, I think what I'm wearing right now is um, that looks like an American Apparel. It's American Apparel. It's they make a good hoodie. It's literally the only thing I've ever bought in there because I'm I, like a solid color hoodie. That's my jam. No I mean, pictures. Look at me. We're basically twins. Yeah, you just got that button. Um, do you would you be able to guess any um, plot lines based on this first first uh, or things that you would hope? What what did you see in this episode that you hope sort of expands throughout the season? If you're if you were to watch more, what's going to expand? Um, well, obviously, I think that our leading uh, our leading player, played by Lola Kirk, um, is going to have these trials and tribulations of she's going to get into this orchestra. Okay. Yep. She's going to be catapulted higher than people who have been in the orchestra think she should be. It's going to make people be like, Rodrigo's full of, he's playing favorites. I bet you Rodrigo's probably going to try to seduce her in some sort of way. And Damn. They're going to get into some kind of weird triangle where she's dating that dancer guy maybe and try and, and she can't reconcile like what's happening with the orchestra, what's happening with their love life. Oh my God, it got too complex. Like that sort of thing. Also the politics yeah. of Malcolm McDowell um, you know, bemoaning the loss of his position, right, and how that plays out with Bernadette Peters's character, um, stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> you pretty much hit. You're a TV writer, my friend. Yeah, I'm definitely a TV writer. You're definitely a TV writer. You hit every single note because all that stuff, every single note, pun intended. Um, yes, I knew what I was doing because all that stuff that's going to happen on the on the ground floor of like just the dealings in the orchestra is always going to bring into question Rodrigo's position. Right. People are always going to be doubting him in some way. And Bernadette Peters is going to be defending him because I bet you Malcolm McDowell will make a stink about his dismissal in the sense that he'll probably other board members and people he'll try to like organize. That's what I would see happening. Yeah, He's trying to organize think- a kind of a coup. We haven't gotten that far. In, nope. I haven't gotten that far into it. It is a comedy. That's the other thing. I always go straight for the story. I'm like, the, here's all the most intense things that can happen. See, but you're good at that. I'm I'm always about the jokes, and I, I need to work on the story. You're the story guy. That's yeah. impressive. Story, story's my, my big Story's your jam. Strength. Yeah. Story's your, your, that's your jam. I'm like AMC. Story matters here. <laughs> wow. I forgot that. that I'm, I'm about... Um, TBS characters only? No, no. I don't know what. <laughs> Very funny. USA was USA was characters welcome. Characters Because I used welcome. to be in a USA show. So oh, yeah. that was their slogan then. Wow. But which, which show was that? It's called Fairly Legal. That was the name of the show. Okay. It's it's okay that you don't remember. Yeah, I'm, uh, you, you, I didn't, the blankness on my it's, I, it's, The blankness on your face could not be faked. Okay, I apologize. How dare you? No, it's totally fine. Totes fine, Brosif. Totes fine, but um, TBS is very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very funny. Very funny. And it is very funny. They're known for being very good at having... What are the, what are the other ones? I mean... Uh, I don't think you need one. NBC... All of them have, like, F... Doesn't FX have one? And Yes. Yeah, so, uh, IFC is always on slightly off. Always on slightly off. That's, like, clever, but I don't think it's very, like, you know, whatever. I, I can't tell. Um, what's TNT? TNT Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> they just have Jimmy Walker come out and do those interstitials. Ah, and but what was goes, what happened to him? <laughs> what was NBC back in the day like Seinfeld territory? Must see TV. Must see TV. Yeah. See, it's so weird. Gotta now, see TV. Now it's so fractured that like nobody, you know, as you were saying, sort of before, nobody watches TV like they used to watch it. But like a show like this, who knows how many people watch it? And it can survive for a while. I mean, See, Amazon has such deep pockets that and they that's can keep the it going. other thing is that 
people don't even care wh- who made the damn show. They just people are hearing the title of the show and they go, I want to see that show. Either it's the title or a person is in it you like. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it is. With streaming, it's all the same. It's like I'm just moving from, you know, app to app, but it's just sort of like people don't care. People are like who made that? NBC, Fox, I don't matter. care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God, I wonder what it's going to be like in 15 years when when like people who grew up on phones are all be television like, will be Google. It'll be Google. All phones will be Google. Google Vision. Google Bank. Got to get my Google shoes, get my Google car and go down to the Google building and Google. Google. And Google all day. And then on the Jewish side of town it'll be Google. It'll be Google. Oh, it'll be man. Google. Mm. And then on the black side of town it'll be uh, Bugle. Bugle boys. Yeah, because uh, the trumpet is very important to, <laughs> to, to, to black people. The beginning of jazz. Uh, you know, yeah, the beginning that of one, jazz. I don't know if that checks out. <laughs> I think we lost it a little bit there. And but. then on the uh, Latino side of town, it'll be... All right, I'm done. You're done with that. Um, well, I thank you so much, Baron, for stopping by yeah, and talk, talking it out. Is there um, anything you want to um, push? You want to push onto these people? Yeah, uh, well, the uh, second season of Grace and Frankie will be out on May 6th. Hell yeah, that's coming up. Um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, look out for that. Wait, are that you happens. working on Mystery Science Theater? Yeah. What are you doing for that? I'm the voice of Tom Servo. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Let's stop for a minute. Okay. That's amazing. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Now you know. Now you need to talk a, <laughs> now, now you need to, we need to talk a little bit about that. Okay. How did that happen? Jonah Ray. Is how it happened. I love Jonah Ray. Yeah, Jonah's a big MST3K fan. Yes. So and for those who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know, but MST3K is coming back. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably you, know. You know you, you, I, unless you're the person who has this podcast and you didn't know. Yeah. But you did know, but you just didn't know I was in it. Um, Jonah has talked on many podcasts about it, and I guess it got around to Joel. And sure. So then Joel... Started reaching out to Jonah about ideas. Like he's like, "Hey man, would, I'm thinking about bringing it back. Would you be willing, like, giving me ideas?" And Jonah was like, "Yeah, Are you kidding me? Of course, I would love to help you with that." And then I think that turned into Joel offering Jonah to be the new guy right. on the on the on the ship, and um, the satellite of love. And so he asked him, like, "Well, who are some people that you would like to work with as Crow and Oh my and God. Servo?" And I don't know if Jonah named a lot of names or what. And then um, he's like, well, here's who I think the crows are. And here's who I think the servos are. And then Joel looked people up. I don't know if there was multiple people that were on the docket or not. But I know that I was the guy that, that Joel ended up liking. That's so. amazing. And who's uh, who's crow? Hampton Yunt. I don't know if I know him. Oh, Hampton's a very funny comedian. That's great. So very what? And what sounds like crow. Oh That's just God. his voice. What's and do you, I don't know if you're allowed to say what or not, but what stage is in it? And we're you, writing oh right my now. Gosh. Right now we're writing, and then at some point I think we're going to start filming it in the fall. And I have no idea um, when it's coming out or where it's going to be. Oh my god! I just There's know that so we, many we broke pieces. the Kickstarter record. Oh my god! So exciting! I grew up on the show. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And are you watching bad tons of bad movies? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're on the third movie right now, but that's I can't great. say what any of those movies are. Oh, that's totally fine. But they're everything you would expect from Mystery Is Science. Is that they something that Joel finds or Joel? I, I think it's a group of people. You know, I think there's a collective of people because some of them just have a deep knowledge of these dumb old movies. Right. And, you know, so it, it's coming from various places, but like I don't actually know the details of that. Damn, girl. It's, I just know when I get it, when they're like, here's the new movie. 
watch it and it's wow. just like what is this that's what a dream you're you're living and living a dream living live, living in the 21st century literally living the dream <laughs> Well, I thank you so much. Of the course. first member of MST3K to be on the podcast. Yay. Hopefully not the last. Actually, Jonah was on this. So that's not Son true. of him. Not true. But Well, if you want Hampton, I can get you Hampton. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll trade Hampton's numbers afterwards. Well, thanks so much for stopping by and watching Mozart in the Jungle. And we'll see you next week. On Mozart in the Jungle, which we're on now. Thanks again to Baron Vaughn for stopping by and watching Mozart in the Jungle. Whoa. Uh, that was a fun one. Um, thanks so much for listening. You are my best friend. Um, I know I don't say that enough, but thank you for listening. And you listening right now are my, the best friend I've ever had. So if you're a fan, tweet at me, hit it up, leave a review. Have a great night. And an early manana. Adios, amigos. That was a headgum podcast.